0: Hello and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today we will be talking about what happened to Princess Diana. Shall we jump right into it?
1: Let's do it. Before we begin, we better cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, because we're getting into like quite the celebrity topic, I thought it would be a good idea for us to put a disclaimer in. So, full disclaimer, we mean no disrespect to anyone directly or indirectly related to anyone mentioned in this podcast, nor are we suggesting the information we speak on is fact. We're attempting to simply reiterate the information found on the internet and are expressing our own opinions on the matter.
0: Yes. outspoken and strong-willed princess diana was unique among the royal family known as the people's princess she was publicly adored by the country and world alike an advocate for countless charities and mental health awareness she made an impact that still shines today tragically her life was cut short due to an accident no one saw coming but was it really an accident many speculate about a possible plot to silence her could she have been murdered let's talk about it
1: Ooh, (laughs) what an opening statement we're getting into a, um, a little bit more of a cozy setting so that, you know, to keep your spirits up, and we have some sleeping dogs about five feet away.
0: Just some snoring dogs away. for ambiance. Yeah,
1: they're kind of snoring, so <laughs> this should put you at ease. So, Tash, did you know much about Princess Diana prior to researching this?
0: I have heard quite a bit about Princess Diana because she was such an icon, mm, you know? Yeah. And while she did pass before either of us were even born, yeah. I think that she's still, like, her impact still, like, impacts Resonates. today. Resonates today! Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. Impacts today. That's done. Her impact still impacts today. <laughs> yeah. Did you know about her before you started researching?
1: I don't think so. Not really. No? When I first started getting into, like, conspiracy theories, I had heard a couple of podcasts on her then. Prior to that, not really
0: so should we get into a bit of the background on princess diana
1: mm-hmm. she has a very interesting background
0: she does yeah so princess diana is also known as her royal highness the princess of wales and countess of chester duchess of cornwall duchess of Rothesay, and countess of carrick baroness of renfrew renfrew, renfrew. <laughs> sorry if i butcher that lady of the isles and princess of scotland
1: didn't know she had so many names. All wow. Many titles.
0: I don't really wow. know what all the different titles mean, but those are her royal titles. Um, she's also known as the people's princess because she was so popular with the people of the country.
1: hmm She's very, very likable.
0: She's very, very charismatic and outspoken about her beliefs, which is admirable totally
1: and uh, during her time she brought a lot of attention to things that no one else was bringing attention to like she brought a lot of stuff that needed to be put in the limelight into the limelight
0: Mm -hmm. we'll get into that yes we will (laughs) (laughs) so she was born on july 1st 1961. she was born diana spencer and her family was actually already british nobility because her father was an earl
1: So, in a couple of uh, videos that I've watched, it was argued that her family was possibly more noble than the actual royal family
0: due to their ties, their um, historic ties. Like, they had more, like, noble blood.
1: Which is interesting,
0: yeah. She was one of five siblings. She had two brothers and two sisters. One of them died as an infant, though, so... Oh, When she was about seven years old, her parents actually split up, they divorced, which really affected her and her siblings quite a bit.
1: Some people that knew her when she was a little older, they did argue that despite her parents separating, she still had a relatively happy life that was still filled with love from each parent separately, so that is important to note.
0: Yeah, she mentioned some unhappiness in her early life when her parents were still together, but it did seem like she had a fairly happy childhood. I mean, she was born to nobility, right? Like... hmm <laughs> Growing up, she enjoyed sports and music. She wasn't as active in school and academics as, as she was sports and music. She really enjoyed um, dancing and, I think, piano. Yeah. She seemed like a normal kid. And then after high school, in 1978, she moved to London, um, and she lived with a couple of flatmates, which is, it's a very British term. And she worked as a, like, in a nursery. So I think that's kind of like she worked as an assistant kindergarten teacher. Mm. Is how we would know it. Okay. So I think the nursery thing is kind of more of a British term and we would call it kindergarten. That makes sense. So that just kind of shows how, even though she was born to nobility and lived a fairly privileged life, <laughs> she was very down to earth.
1: mm mm-hmm. One of the reports that I read on some of her childhood said that she had that caring older sister kind of vibe um, because she had a younger brother that she really took a shining to after her parents separated. So as she got older and sort of stepped into the role that she did, that was one of the things that reportedly um, drew Prince Charles to her so much, was that she had this really caring, almost motherly side to
0: her. Yeah, she seemed to really enjoy taking care of and being around children. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that later. (laughs) (laughs) To, To get into more of the background of her relationship with Prince Charles and how she eventually joined the royal family, she met Prince Charles when she was only 16 in November of 1977. And just to put that into a bit more context, he was almost 30 years old. There's about a 13 year age difference between the two of them.
1: At the time, he was reportedly involved with her older sister, and it was stated that they met when he came to visit her older sister at their summer cabin, and then first laid eyes on Diana and went, I need to know her.
0: (laughs) And their relationship continued to blossom when, in the summer of 1980, she and her sister visited him. Um, Like, at... Like the castle? I don't think it was at the castle. I think it was at more of a like a summer getaway. Some people stated that
1: Charles did have a number of very close friends with multiple properties that he trusted enough to keep his private life private. So before him and Princess Diana had announced their relationship to the public, they were secretly going off to all these trusted friends locations for dates and stuff like that.
0: When she was only 16 and 17. Like, she was very, very young. So in Nove- November of 1980, he invited Diana to meet his family, and they started courting. Dating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to put it in terms we can understand. <laughs> yeah. In February of
0: 1981, she was engaged to Prince Charles when she was only 19. Very young.
1: My goodness. Um, her relationship reportedly was kind of picked out. For prince charles by like the royal family because from what they saw of her she was shy and kept to herself so she wouldn't be too outspoken and like cause too much trouble for him so he could still lead his whatever life he wanted to lead and she would be the supporting wife and mother to the heirs of the throne
0: just a reminder she was only 16 when they met and 19 mm-hmm. when, when they, they were engaged
1: so i think it also was just after they were engaged one of the first functions that she attended as the potential princess of wales <laughs> she wore a dress that first of all looked stunning on her everything she wore looked so good. oh my gosh she was like i can't mm-hmm. even oh my goodness she was beautiful. <laughs> And this, she said in an interview, kind of went against her because it it got her in some hot water with the royals because she wore black, which was a funeral color, and she was not going to a funeral, she was going to some sort of celebration, and on top of it being black, it was also not low-cut, but more, I think, revealing than the queen would um, want the princess to wear she did address it in an interview and she kind of said, I was 19 at the time. This was the fanciest dress that I owned. (laughs) Like, this was the dress that was most appropriate for me in that time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, she was young. She wore what her peers were wearing, which Mm -hmm. was not generally what the queen would approve of as, like, a much, much older woman. (laughs) Mm-hmm. She was very much a style icon <laughs> of oh this time. Oh
1: my gosh. Like, even still today, there's been so many comparisons even recently of new fashion trends versus Princess Diana wearing it years ago.
0: An actual icon. Uh-huh. She There's very, very strict rules of what princesses are allowed to wear mm-hmm. in the royal family. Like, even now, Kate Middleton, she has, like, a specific wardrobe that she's allowed to wear. Mm-hmm. And I think Diana kind of flaunted those ideas a little bit and wore more what she felt comfortable in
1: again why she was the people's princess she didn't conform a hundred percent to the standards that were pushed on her
0: yeah like speaking about that very specific black dress she wore the first time she went out with prince charles she showed up into his room and she's like this is what i'm wearing and he's like you can't wear that because it's black (laughs) and you can't do that and she was like but i'm going to she wasn't like very bold or outspoken about it but she was like this is what i'm going to do and i'm not going to be swayed by your opinion yeah
1: end of story thank you for listening yes
0: i love it (laughs) okay so here's some fashion rules that the royal family must follow the royal woman must hold their purse in their left hand of course
1: your right hand is for shaking hands with people
0: you are such a genius i'm sure that's not
1: it (laughs) (laughs)
0: If you do choose to wear a dress or a skirt, it has to be around knee length. It can't Mm -hmm. be any shorter, never more than three or four inches above the knee. Also the queen must approve of the wedding dress, and they're not allowed to wear colorful nail polish. Oh, the queen is so cool. She sends her secret messages using her handbags. If she puts the handbag on the table at dinner time, that signals to her staff that she wants to leave.
1: I wish I had that power. Could you imagine being, like, out to dinner with someone and then you just turn your phone upside down and they're like,
0: check! Yeah, (laughs) that's so much power. Also, if she wants to end a conversation, she switches her purse to her other hand. Could you imagine having a conversation with the queen and she just switches her purse (laughs) to her other hand? What do you do? Now you know. (laughs) Do you just have to, like, listen? Or can you, like,
1: revert by, like, switching your purse to the other hand to say no? Yeah. (laughs) I refuse. (laughs) I refuse
0: oh also because the queen is the most powerful woman ever she has someone to break in her shoes for her
1: that is power right there
0: oh this is cool this is a life hack for everybody out there if you if your skirt always flies up you know because of the wind oh yeah you can like put weights in the hem so it stays down that's what the queen does That sounds like a bad
1: idea. You better make (laughs) sure that you have some hips on you or these skirts are going to just be so weighted they're going to just fall off.
0: That's fair. (laughs) Princess Diana or Lady Diana at the time Mm -hmm. and Prince Charles were married on July 29th, 1981 at the St. Paul's Cathedral.
1: So interesting to note, this cathedral actually was not the quote unquote designated royal wedding place. I think it was another cathedral i'm not sure whose idea it was to move it to this cathedral i think it was due to there being much more seats in this one as opposed to the dubbed royal wedding cathedral
0: (laughs) yeah the royal weddings are very popular and this one was probably even more popular than any before it It it's actually televised to 750 million people worldwide And then 600,000 people lined the streets around the cathedral hoping to catch a glimpse of the newlywed couple.
1: If that doesn't show you the influence back then, like, oh my goodness.
0: It's honestly crazy. Mm. (laughs) Even nowadays, people wake up at like dawn to like watch a royal wedding. They will wake up and watch the royal wedding here in Canada, even like (laughs) all around the world. People are just obsessed with the royal family.
1: It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. There's... I remember seeing, when I was younger, some tabloids dedicated to the royal family, and there were so many of them. If ever something happened, it'd be on the front page of everything. Everyone's obsessed.
0: (laughs) Another way that Diana kind of flaunted the royal norms, she picked out her own engagement ring, which was very unusual, and they wrote their own vows as well.
1: Her engagement ring was beautiful. I think that that did kind of struck like a bit of a chord with the queen but i'm imagining that the queen kind of got over it she gave her a matching brooch (laughs) as i think as an engagement present
0: that's sweet i do want to share a quote from diana about her wedding day um she said the day i walked down the aisle at st paul's cathedral i felt that my personality was taken away from me and i was taken over by the royal machine oh my goodness (laughs) that's that's um it's quite the quote (laughs) she has the way that she speaks is very like poetic and like the way you just want to keep listening to her you know and it's Mm -hmm. partly because of the accent it's just entrancing yes but the words that she says are just so like they're poetic yeah
1: her words are very well thought out but she's not sitting there planning (laughs) out those words beforehand it just naturally comes
0: yeah So, after the two were married, Diana quickly endeared herself to the public due to her charismatic nature and stylish fashion choices. She really stood out among the royals that had been presented before. She was kind of a game changer. She was viewed as both a very sweet woman as well as a very strong-willed woman. Mm -hmm. Fairly soon after their, their marriage, they went on to have two sons. Prince William, who was born June 1982. I think Prince Charles was first in line to the royal throne, and William was second. second. Yeah, and then Prince Harry was born in September of 1984. And then William went on to marry Kate Middleton, and Harry went on to marry Meghan Markle, which were both very big events, even here in Canada. Mm -hmm. I
1: remember when both happened.
0: Everyone was so into it. Mm -hmm. So, back on topic. Princess Diana was a very hands-on mother. They Mm -hmm. did still have a nanny, but she was pretty involved with her kids.
1: I think she worked really hard to make sure her kids were still down to earth.
0: She would bring them to um, charity events with her whenever she went, and she also enrolled Prince William in public school.
1: Which was, I think, a big deal for the royal family. Princess Diana brought a lot of light onto topics that needed it, that weren't being talked about by anyone else. Um, One of the biggest ones that I saw, at least, was, I don't know if it was a charity for AIDS. I think it was, and in an interview, they had said they'd originally asked for Prince Charles to be the spokesperson, and they sent Princess Diana instead, and they were more than pleased with the outcome of it, because she touched the people there, she shook their hands, which prior to that was kind of a taboo from everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. During the time, this was during the AIDS epidemic, and they still didn't know whether or not it was possible for AIDS to be spread through physical contact.
1: There were a few doctors that really thought that it wasn't, but the general consensus was that it
0: was. Um, she wanted to create a genuine and direct connection with people, which she thought she could really do through physical touch, by shaking their hands, by hugging them, and being very open with them. I have a quote. Mm-hmm. Okay um princess diana said in a speech she said hiv does not make people dangerous to know you can shake their hands and give them a hug heaven knows they need it what's more you can share their homes their workplaces and their playgrounds and toys she was really a caring person very Mm, compassionate
1: she was really trying to make the world a better place
0: um she was also heavily involved in mental health awareness she spoke fairly, fairly openly about her struggles with bulimia and depression.
1: Which was also huge. Very
0: taboo for the royal family. Yes. While she did talk openly about it, I think it was more after the main struggle with it had passed.
1: Yeah, because most of the, her like examples are past tense.
0: So during their marriage, it got
1: pretty bad. I th- believe it's a close friend said that it all sort of stemmed from just after I think they'd come back from their honeymoon. Prince Charles put like a hand on her stomach and like patted it and said, Oh, you're getting a little bit tubby or something like that. And that was not okay.
0: That is not something you say or do to a person. She didn't seem to really talk about it with her family. I don't think even her sister knew about it until it was already the worst of it had passed. Yeah. A big trigger for her was the fact that she had found out about a woman named Camilla Parker Bowles, I think it is. It might be Bowles. I think it's Bowles. Okay. Who was a close friend of Charles and Diana, both, but Charles seemed to have a bit more of a liking to her than he maybe should have.
1: So, from what I understood, Charles and Camilla had previously had a bit of a fling, Mm -hmm. and he really, really liked her. She was able to captivate him and keep his attention, and he never got bored, but she did not fit the cookie-cutter princess that the royal family needed. Camilla at the time was married as well so both Prince Charles and Camilla were separately married
0: it seemed like even before Diana and Charles were married that Charles and Camilla were more than they should have been Mm -hmm. more like a thing together so this really upset Diana and it was definitely
1: rightfully so
0: yeah it was definitely a trigger for her mental illnesses to take over
1: So just after they, I think just after they got back from their honeymoon, Prince Charles had to go off to, want to say Australia? And there's a clip of her crying after he leaves, and it's suggested that the reason she was so upset is because she had sort of encountered, just before he left, Camilla calling to give him a goodbye message over the phone.
0: Yeah, and then the media, of course, took her tears as not wanting to say goodbye to her, her new husband.
1: Which it could have, it could have also been. been that.
0: There's probably a lot of feelings involved oh, for Diana. yeah, probably.
1: No?
0: <laughs> I want to share a quote that Diana said about her marriage with Charles that I think about sums it up before we continue to more about the affairs. Okay. She said, he made me feel so inadequate in every possible way that each time I came up for air, he pushed me down again. Again, when she speaks, it doesn't sound rehearsed or anything, but it's very well thought out and very Mm -hmm. well spoken and almost poetic.
1: Very much so. So from some reports that I uh, saw said that Charles continued to have an affair from pretty much the beginning of their marriage. Um, And other reports say that it wasn't until perhaps two years or so after that he started to look for solace in other women. And then Diana followed that after she was receiving what she needed from the marriage.
0: Um, So officially, the affair started in 1992. So just to throw this in here, Charles was first. He was the first to cheat on Diana, I'm gonna say that, (laughs) um, with Camilla, who he did later marry. After a while, Diana eventually began an affair with a man named Major James Hewitt, who was the family's former writing instructor. There's some rumors that he may possibly, perhaps, be Harry's father, Prince Harry's father, due to the resemblance between them.
1: Um, Both Major James Hewitt and Princess Diana deny that anything happened between them until after Harry was born, and I think they are stating two years after Harry was born.
0: Yeah, In 1989, Diana apparently confronted Camilla about the affair. Um, Like we said, they were all kind of friends. They knew each Mm -hmm. other socially.
1: There was a, a friend of Diana's who also said that Prior to the two of them actually getting married, Princess Diana and Prince Charles, she was wary of the closeness that Prince Charles had with Camilla. So um, Prince Charles arranged for them to have a dinner together um, in which Princess Diana said it went well and they talked everything over, but in all honesty, it it didn't ease any tensions that she had and in fact, it might have raised them a little bit because now she was more aware of the feelings that Camilla had and the relationship that they had and how many things she knew about about Prince Charles. Great.
0: Not a great situation. To no, be
1: in. really tough.
0: Diana did say at one point that it felt like there were three of them in the relationship, so it was a bit crowded.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Iconic quote.
0: Apparently when she confronted Camilla about the affair, Camilla said something along the lines of you have two beautiful sons, you could have any man you want, why do you have to have him too? And she was like, I just want my husband.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is fair. Like, girl, hello, what planet are you on? Yeah.
0: So officially, Diana and Charles separated in 1992 and were officially divorced in 1996.
1: So uh, during the time just before they separated, there were two letters written. When everything came public, with Charles's affairs, um, specifically I think with Camilla, because a phone conversation between the two of them, I believe, ended up being recorded and leaked to the public. Prince Philip wrote a letter to the two of them stating that they needed to sit down and talk about what's going on to rekindle their romance. But by the time 1992 had rolled around, the Queen had sent a letter stating that she thought that the two of them should just separate. That must have been a day to receive a letter from the queen suggesting that you separate. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, the amount of pressure on those two, especially Diana, Mm. she was just thrown into the royal life without any hesitation. She didn't have time to think about it. She felt like she couldn't say no to the engagement and she just kind of became royal and nobody told her how to do that.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting to note. Like, I think she herself said that there was no one to show her how to dress, how to act, how to speak, how to do with paparazzi, how to look good in, like, photos because you have a reputation to uphold. Mm -hmm. No one took her aside to teach her any of that at all.
0: They just expected her to know, and when she didn't, they were upset with her.
1: Yeah. This is just a fun fact. Not that I'm stating it is, in fact, fact.
0: A possible fun theory. Uh,
1: Yeah, a fun speculation. There you (laughs) go. (laughs) So the day that the two of them were married, there's a video of Prince Charles sort of awkwardly looking around and again, a supposed close family friend of Diana's said that Prince Philip told Prince Charles to kiss her and he sort of hesitated and then he asked the queen if it was alright if they kissed and the queen gave the okay and then he turned around and kissed Princess Diana. I would be so upset. Like, it, did I marry a kid?
0: That is so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Don't like that. Bad yeah. vibes. Bad vibes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, red flags,
1: man. So They're here. Red
0: flags. I did read that while Charles wanted Princess Diana's titles to be taken away, uh, the Queen kind of fought for her to keep them. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of a cool move.
1: Yes. Vote one for the Queen.
0: It's weird, I, imag- I admire Princess Diana, and I also admire the Queen, even though they're kind of two opposing forces here.
1: Mm-hmm. Very much so.
0: So shortly after Princess Diana and Prince Charles divorced, Diana started dating a man named Dodi Al-Fayed.
1: So it is, someone speculated that she was actually very madly in love with the man she dated before Doty, or was involved with, I guess, I guess before <laughs> Doty, who was a heart surgeon. And um, someone suggested that Dodie was sort of her rebound from this heart surgeon, and that on the night, the fateful night in question, she had received several calls from this heart surgeon wanting to rekindle their relationship. However, there were also reports that Dodie intended to propose to Diana um, shortly after this evening in question happened, but now we're going to get back to the correct timeline. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's differing reports as to how serious their relationship was. Mm-hmm. I did read that um, Diana was the one to end the relationship with the man before Dodie, which is an interesting fact. yes. So, during the summer of 1997, Diana and Dodie started touring the Mediterranean on his yacht. Could you imagine being
1: on a yacht in the Mediterranean?
0: And being a princess while you're doing it.
1: Honestly, and dating like a billionaire's son.
0: Diana (laughs) was so iconic. (laughs) Okay, so, before we move on to the events of the fateful evening in question... (laughs) I would like to share just one more quote from Diana. Um, She said, I'd like to be a queen of people's hearts, in people's hearts, but I don't see myself being the queen of this country. I don't think many people will want me to be queen.
1: And I think in that quote, she was specifically referring to the ones in charge of who is the queen. Yeah. Now on to the fateful night.
0: So on August 30th, Dodie and Diana flew back to Paris where they planned on staying the night in one of his father's hotels.
1: So this was August 30th, 1997. Yes.
0: Yes. That night, she had called her butler, Paul Burrell, who she was fairly close with, and arranged to come home, but then a few hours later called back and postponed for a day. So people speculate that Princess Diana and Dodie were going to pick out engagement rings that day.
1: I think that there was an interview where his father was asked about that, and I don't think he was able to confirm anything there in way of them getting engaged.
0: It's also important to note that Diana was entitled to security from the royal family, but she did decline and instead used Dodie's security team, probably because she didn't want to be spied on.
1: Yeah, that's probably why.
0: So, at around 9 p.m. on August 30th, Dodie and Diana had plans to go for dinner, but they were interrupted by the paparazzi.
1: Of course.
0: So instead, they headed to an apartment nearby that Dodie's father owned.
1: So uh, an interesting thing to note about this sort of time, the person that ended up driving them was named Henri Paul. And he was actually, he finished his job for the day and went home around 7pm and ended up being called back. And he was the second head of security for the Ritz. So his main job was not to be their driver. But on that night, he was. He was the mastermind behind um, setting up a decoy for the paparazzi. So he went out and told everyone that they were going to be coming out of this specific Mercedes Benz that was at the front. Which allowed them to escape out the back. Clever supposedly that didn't last too long (laughs) because they supposedly caught on pretty quickly when no one came out
0: yeah so to give you a bit of a layout of the car it was a mercedes and their bodyguard (laughs) trevor reese jones and the driver of course was Henri paul was they were both in the front and then dodie and diana were sitting sitting in the back the car was headed Mm. into a tunnel when the driver Henri paul swerved to avoid another car and ended up losing control So
1: they were going 65 miles per hour. That would be around 120
0: kilometers an hour. Do we know if that was the speed limit or whether he was speeding?
1: I think the speed limit was 60 miles per hour because there was a camera before you entered the tunnel that was supposedly broken at the time, but we'll debunk that later. Yeah, we will. Shortly after entering the tunnel, the car supposedly lost control and struck the right hand wall and then swerved into the other lane in the tunnel before smashing their front into the 13th pillar, um, which caused them to kind of ricochet backwards and hit the back wall again with their back this time.
0: I think they also... um ended up kind of glancing against or hitting against or narrowly missing but also slightly hitting a another car which was a white fiat which will come into play a little mm-hmm. bit later also a hundred kilometers an hour in a tunnel in a city is a lot fast
1: very fast that's
0: really fast yeah the crash happened at around 12 20 a.m and it completely wrecked the car
1: a call apparently did go into the police when this happened but we'll get into that later
0: yeah so the police arrived on scene at around 12 30 a.m
1: which is pretty close to the time that it supposedly happened 10 minutes or so
0: at the time that the police arrived diana was still alive and first responders were trying to revive Doty.
1: When they were able to get her out of the vehicle because they had to completely remove the roof because it was kind of smushed, she was very much aware of what was happening and she ended up saying like, oh my God, what happened? And then she, she passed out and went into cardiac arrest and one of the firefighters there was able to give her CPR and revived her and she came back too before she was put in the ambulance.
0: Yeah, I've heard reports that before the police arrived, i'm not sure if it was a paparazzi or just a passerby but somebody went up to the vehicle and they were able to talk to her
1: that was a passerby that was someone he was riding his motorbike through the tunnel ahead of the ahead of them and he heard something that i believe he described it as he thought you know when you turn a car onto neutral and then you rev the engine makes a different sound than when you're in like driver reverse and you rev the engine And that's what he heard, and he thought it was his bike, like, not working. So he kind of pulled over, and then all of a sudden, he heard this huge crash behind him and drove back to see. and he tried his best to pull people out of the car, and he called the police.
0: Yeah, so it's important to note that while she was in the car still, she was conscious, verbal, aware. Mm -hmm. She was alive.
1: She was very injured, but she was conscious.
0: Pastorby's even said that her injuries didn't look that bad.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. One of the first responders said that she had pretty much no outward injuries apart from a small, like a relatively small gash on her head.
0: I'll also say here that the driver was pronounced dead at the scene, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more later, Mm -hmm. and her bodyguard was conscious but had extreme injuries. He Mm -hmm. ended up being in a coma for 10 days and had barely any memories of the event. Yeah. Diana was finally removed from the car at about 1 a.m., 30 minutes after the police arrived, and like you said, she went into cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And the...
1: again, they had to kind of demolish the car a little bit before they could get everyone out.
0: Yeah, so it took a pretty long time for them to be able to actually get at these people to help them. Yeah. After they did CPR and she was revived, they left for the hospital at around 1.25 a.m. This is an hour... Oh, over an hour, actually, mm-hmm. after the crash occurred. And an hour after the police arrived, actually. That's a long time to be waiting to get somebody to the hospital. Shortly after Diana left for the hospital, at 1.30 a.m., uh, Jody was pronounced dead at the scene after mm-hmm. they tried to revive him using CPR. Yeah. So let's get into the super frustrating event that was a hospital ride. So 30 minutes after the ambulance left for the hospital at one fifty-five a.m the ambulance stopped to inject more adrenaline into diana's system to make her heart start going again i don't know how things are in france But here in Canada, I don't think that we would stop. They have people in the back working on the patient and Mm -hmm. somebody else driving.
1: So I've heard a few different statements in regards to how France does their ambulance rides. So if they can assist you, I believe, in the ambulance... They will, which might mean that they need to stop because they can't still be rocking and moving and blah, blah, blah when they're trying to work on their patient. But I still don't know how I feel about that. Like, it doesn't quite sit well
0: with me. it's not like they were doing surgery on her in the back. They were injecting her with... Adrenaline. Adrenaline. I Mm -hmm. assume they had her already hooked up to the fluids. They would just put it into the thing. They wouldn't need to stop for that, Mm -hmm. I don't think. I don't know anything, but I think I know that. (laughs) It's also important to note that the closest hospital was only five minutes away from the, the crash site. Mm-hmm.
1: So I read a report that said that this closest hospital was like a smaller hospital, which because they didn't know the extent of her injuries, but could tell that she was very seriously injured, they didn't think that that hospital would have the equipment needed. So they decided to go to the one that was an hour away, 45 minutes away. I they had
0: passed um, at least three hospitals on the way that could have worked on her.
1: Oh my goodness. And didn't they also stop three separate times on their way to the
0: hospital? I think they stopped more than once, yeah. Yeah,
1: either two or three times they ended up stopping to assist Diana. And I don't know if that was because she kept going into cardiac arrest and they had to keep bringing her out of it.
0: But also, she had been waiting in the car for an hour before she got medical attention. Mm -hmm. But she couldn't manage the, like, half-hour car ride.
1: And she was conscious before she entered the ambulance like speaking conscious
0: yeah so we'll get into this a little bit more but we want to say this seems pretty strange
1: yes could be just because france has different regulations than we do but it just is it's strange yeah strange
0: so they actually ended up arriving at the hospital at around 205 a.m and they found that diana had a torn pulmonary vein which i think is a heart vein
1: yeah, so I'm not gonna get too graphic into her injuries, but essentially because none of them were wearing seatbelts, that caused a ton of pressure when they had to when they all lurched forward. And her heart actually ended up on the opposite side of her body. Yeah, which caused the pulmonary vein to tear.
0: So they quickly got her into surgery and two hours later at around 4 a.m. she was pronounced dead.
1: The doctors tried so hard to bring back Diana, but it was just too late.
0: On September 6th, her funeral was held.
1: So to put that in perspective, this all happened on August 30th, and her funeral was held on September 6th.
0: So it took them about a week.
1: Which was not a lot of time. Not for a royal, not when there's so much investigation that needs to be done, there's so much examination that needs to be done because she was a royal. Again, we'll get into it. We'll get into
0: <laughs> it, yeah. Let's get into some of the suspicious stuff that went on surrounding the accident and a theory. Did the royal family kill Diana? Oh, gosh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've talked about it a little bit, mm-hmm. but in 1993, about 10 months after Diana and Charles separated... It's not confirmed, but apparently she wrote a letter to her butler, Paul Burrell, and said that she believed that the royal family was going to try to have her killed.
1: So I think it was also in this letter um, that she said that they were going to kill her in a fake car accident.
0: It was very specific what she said.
1: Very specific. Very specific to what actually happened as well.
0: She said, I think in the letter, that she believed that they wanted her gone so Charles could be free to marry his personal assistant and also their son's former nanny, who was named Tiggy Leg Pork.
1: Which, again, you do not need to kill your partners to move on with your life if you feel you need to. That is not the correct way to go about life. You're doing it wrong if you come up with the final answer of, this person just needs to go away.
0: Yeah, that's wrong. Don't mm-hmm. do that. In the years leading up to Diana's death, she did become quite paranoid. She would check her phone for tracking and her rooms for bugs, and this wasn't unfounded. They were mm-hmm. recording her phone conversations.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think they were also tracking some of the cars that she used.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. That's yeah. why probably why she refused to have the service own- detail.
1: So, on that topic, she was very paranoid and she was also reportedly very cautious. She was rarely seen out without her seatbelt on in a car.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay,
1: let's talk about it.
0: (laughs) So, for the time, it wasn't completely unusual to not wear your seatbelt, especially if you were a celebrity in the backseat, but Diana was always seen in pictures and in public wearing her seatbelt.
1: Almost every picture of her in a car, she has her seatbelt on or she's putting it on. She was very cautious.
0: Not only that, but the investigation found that none of them were wearing seatbelts, including the driver.
1: That was odd for the time.
0: Especially going highway speeds. He was going 120 kilometers an hour in a city where there would be police and cameras. Like, Mm -hmm. why weren't they wearing their seatbelts?
1: There's so many questions. So when I first heard about what had happened. I was kind of on the fence and then as soon as I heard that she was a cautious person that always wore her seatbelt and like was very encouraging to the rest of the people in the car to also wear their seatbelts, that was when my mind was kind of decided as to this there's something so fishy going on here. This couldn't have been just a regular accident because that's it doesn't fit the character.
0: No, it doesn't fit who she was.
1: This is why it's really frustrating that the reports like differ because if you look at the photos of the car afterwards, the doors, like the backseat doors, weren't so badly damaged that they couldn't have possibly, you know, broken one of the windows and like open the door, cut the door open. God. The front end is demolished.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like actually demolished.
1: Yep. The roof was partially, like, crushed in the front.
0: It's, like, actually demolished. That's crazy.
1: Man, you have better pictures than I
0: had. (laughs) Um, Oh, my
1: gosh. Is that the... That's the photo of... I haven't seen that photo.
0: What's happening here?
1: You know how I said that there was a camera at the entranceway that caught you if you were going too fast? That's the photo. So, I think there was an investigator that was interviewed... So he spoke on behalf of the police or so he says because the police denied that any photographs were taken of them entering the tunnel. They said that the camera was broken and then 16 days later it was found out that the guy who entered the tunnel five minutes before his photo was taken and he received a ticket and then he described the photo. So he said the driver was looking pretty normal. I hadn't seen his face before so I didn't know what to reference it to. The guy on the passenger side looked pretty concerned. And the people in the back were laughing and enjoying themselves he just described that picture
0: oh my gosh she's not why aren't they looking at the camera
1: i don't know did they
0: did they know that it was there because she's like facing away from it so it's also
1: said that they took a different route than they were initially planning on taking like the way that they could have gotten to this apartment they didn't have to go through this tunnel but for some reason they took a turn
0: that was actually crazy. I've never seen the photos of it. I should have looked it up, but I was scared that I would see something I didn't <laughs> want to see. Okay, so to describe the photo that was taken by the cameras in the beginning of the tunnel, the bodyguard in the passenger seat at the front looks concerned.
1: And he is looking at the camera.
0: Yeah, or pretty least, much like, near He's, the camera.
1: Yeah, looking in the general direction of the camera. Because yeah. you can see the in one of the photos, you can see the reds. The reds of his eyes yeah like in the camera flash
0: so maybe he was concerned because they were speeding and he knew they would get caught i don't know possibly um the driver was looking straight forward. he looked like he was smiling or mid-conversation laughing he looked calm um you can't really see dodie in the back seat he's kind of hidden um, behind the driver yeah and diana is facing away from the camera like she's looking out the back window maybe at the paparazzi or someone following them
1: It either looks like she is turning around to, like, hide from the camera, because would she really want to be caught on, like, a speed cam? That's fair. Or she very easily could have been staring out the back window.
0: At this time, probably the paparazzi had shot up to them. Possibly. Yeah, which is another reason why the bodyguard could look so concerned.
1: Because the paparazzi's, yeah, getting close. Yeah. Which, I don't know how I feel about the thought that she's, the paparazzi's behind her and she's going, oh shoot, the paparazzi's here. First of all, here's my face. Yeah. Hi. Second of all, why didn't they follow them into the tunnel then? Why was there absolutely no witnesses in the tunnel, according to the official report?
0: Yeah, because there's no pictures of the actual car crash immediately after it happened. I don't mm-hmm. think. There's pictures of the car after. After everything. That's actually so weird. Why Mm -hmm. are there no paparazzi pictures?
1: Yeah. And so, originally, the French authorities took a couple paparazzi, like, arrested them because they thought that they caused the accident. Camera flashed, caused Henri Paul to lose control and lose his grips and blah, 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 which I'm glad they realized that that wouldn't fly because if that happened from the paparazzi, there would have been witnesses, yeah someone would have known exactly what happened instead of everyone just speculating based on where debris was how badly the car was damaged
0: and there'd be pictures
1: no offense to paparazzi but there would be pictures
0: Ooh, I hope we don't get
1: sued this is why we have a disclaimer (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, now we have even more animals over here now we have (laughs) two dogs a cat
0: and a hedgehog oh my goodness your animals are the best (laughs) So, like, in the past, kings could just behead their wives if they didn't like what they had done. You can't really get away with that nowadays, so it's not that completely bizarre to think that maybe they had something to do with it.
1: Not bizarre at all.
0: Yeah, especially if she had spoken so lowly of Charles and the royal family in general.
1: Yeah, she wouldn't have been in their good books, for sure.
0: Yeah. Again, no, this
1: is not a fact. We're purely just expressing our opinions. It kind of felt like as soon as they dismissed the paparazzi from being the cause of this accident, it purely became, oh, well, it was just the driver. The driver was just, he didn't take care of himself enough that night. He's the cause for everything. It was purely just an accident. And I don't have a lot of experience watching, you know, how police, what they're, protocols are but i think if there is something that's deemed just an accident they won't have any suspects they won't change their mind they won't even consider it if it's not a possibility so once they set their minds their minds are pretty set
0: yeah they won't really change their opinion yeah because it looks bad on them for one yeah so in 1995 diana went to a legal solicitor and expressed her concerns that charles would have her killed oh i didn't know that but after her death, that man went to the police commissioner, kind of in charge of the investigation, and shared this information, but that guy didn't pass it on to the government. He didn't do anything with the information
1: the pedestrian, if you will, that saw Princess Diana before the police got there. He also went to the police commissioner, the person in charge of the investigation, and explained everything that happened. And the commissioner essentially said, you don't want to be a part of this, and took away his statement and told, reportedly told all of the reporters that this guy was just lying, he just wants fame, another interesting thing on that guy he was the one that called the police he did his best to see if he could help anyone then and when he realized that he couldn't he did say that he got in somehow something was open and he was able to look at princess diana um and she spoke something and then he thought wow that looks she looks so familiar and then ran off to phone the police and in his call um he stated that the location Shucks, I can't remember now what the names were exactly, but I think it was something like on the phone, he said that he was in Alm- Almagrovs, but they were actually in Almogroves or something like that, and the whoever was on the line, because obviously Almogroves doesn't exist, they couldn't find the location, which is why the police, they got there in 10 minutes instead of 5 minutes.
0: Good on that guy, though, for keeping his calm and doing what he had to do. yeah another weird thing about the crime scene investigation is that they didn't actually close off the area for investigation they kind of just cleaned it up and went about their day
1: from what i heard they um washed down the entire tunnel cleaned everything up and had everything reopened within four hours of this happening and i think this was four hours from the moment it happened not four hours from when diana was taken to the hospital Someone argued that that's just because they didn't know who the passengers were. You know, like, the left hand didn't talk to the right hand. But, like, if someone knew that it was Princess Diana, they probably would have shared that with everyone. Like, no, you can't touch that. This is a very serious matter. This involves the English government. Britain's government. (laughs) Britain's royal family. You can't do that right now. We need to totally section everything off.
0: You would think, yeah.
1: You would think. What um, happened? Goodness.
0: Yeah. Also, it's interesting to note that when Mercedes offered to do an inspection of the vehicle, they were declined. hmm Although it was found during the investigation that a computer chip on board the car... I don't really know how that works, but there was a computer <laughs> chip that was hooked up to the car in the car, and it was supposed to be there, but it was missing.
1: Three months or so before, the car was stolen and had been involved in a crash like a pretty bad crash yes after this someone came forward and i i want to say they worked for the dealership they had been behind the wheel of this vehicle and they didn't feel like it was safe enough to drive this vehicle was also involved when a recently released prisoner i believe rolled back the kilometer count like the odometer so that it seemed like more of a good catch so you can do that yeah you well no you can't it's illegal don't do that (laughs) but like it's possible. (laughs) So who knows what else this vehicle was subjected to. So planes have black boxes and I kind of thought that higher end vehicles had something in there that would record specifically if something malfunctioned, which I think would have been that computer chip. Oh. Yeah, but I couldn't find anything on what Mercedes would have had back then. I just don't know.
0: That's really interesting, though. It might have, like, recorded something that the police or the government didn't want exposed. hmm Another interesting thing is that after Diana passed away, they didn't put her body in the morgue. Instead, they bombed the body before an autopsy was performed, which was against the kind of protocol for the royal family. Mm-hmm. And it's also against the law in France, as they need paperwork filled out before they're allowed to embalm a body. And her family hadn't even arrived to identify her yet.
1: Yeah. First time I heard about this, I couldn't believe that there was not more, like, outrage, even, like, today for what happened, because there is no exception in which these specific events would be okay. It's against the law, and no one was prosecuted, to my understanding. No one was even put through the ringer. Nothing was done. Everyone was, maybe everyone was just in shock that it happened and didn't know what to really do from there.
0: Yeah, the events of the night are just strange.
1: All of them. Mm. All of them are strange.
0: So because they embalmed Diana's body right away, they, were, they didn't perform any medical tests like blood work or DNA, which removes the ability to test and see whether she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Which many people speculate that she was actually pregnant with Dodie's child.
1: Which some use to explain why they thought they were moving their relationship quite quickly in terms of getting engaged.
0: Dodi's father, Mohammed al-Fayed, believes that she was pregnant and that they were planning on announcing their engagement just the day after their deaths. So, the royal family isn't known to be the most accepting or progressive people, um, and they may not have been happy about the fact that Dodi was Muslim, and they may not have wanted him to be the stepfather to a future king, or for them to have a child together and have that be the stepbrother yeah. of the future king.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, these are not fact.
0: <laughs> not fact. Purely speculation. Weird Things in Wine does not endorse this as
1: <gasps> true. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that was in 19, February 1998 that um, Mohammed made those claims.
1: Which was...
0: Just a year after their death.
1: Just a year after.
0: Mm. Not even a year. Yeah. I kind of believe in the theory that she was pregnant because it makes sense to me. I'm gonna debunk it a little.
1: Okay, I'll debunk it after you. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a post-mortem exam completed eventually that officially showed no evidence of her being pregnant. They also tested blood at the crime scene, which again, officially proved that she wasn't pregnant.
1: Okay, I don't trust the blood at the crime scene. No. Because how do you... Okay, it's not hard to figure out how you would identify what blood you're testing, but... It seems weird to me. Yeah, me too. So she would have been very, very, very early on in her pregnancy. And um, if she would have been embalmed, it would have made any evidence of that just disappear completely because she was so early on, it wouldn't have had enough for it to stay for further testing.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the car crash and the cameras that were not working. Yeah. Because there were 14 cameras, at least 14 (laughs) cameras in the tunnel that were turned off or not working. And none of them caught any footage of the actual crash.
1: These weren't all like speed cameras. These would have been like security cameras. I think
0: a lot of them would be, yeah.
1: Because when we looked at those photos, there were two different photos.
0: It's possible that it could have taken two in quick succession. I'm not really sure how that works. Okay, that
1: would make more sense. Okay. Back to the um, whole, the officials lied about the speed camera footage. I would be very inclined to believe that they also lied that all 14 cameras were not working.
0: Unless they were deliberately turned off.
1: Yes, unless they were deliberately (laughs) turned (laughs) off. Do we want to talk about their second theory of what happened, that it was the driver's fault?
0: Yeah. So there's a bit of a theory that the driver was paid off by the royal family to commit this act. I don't know about that because he did die along with with everyone else. And it was pretty immediately after. It wasn't like Mm. it was a mistake. I mean, it was a mistake. It was an accident, but it wasn't like... Yeah. Yeah, it didn't look planned.
1: And um, on that, I'd like to say he did have prior ties with MI6. Someone suggested it was in the sense that because he worked as security at the Ritz, he would hear things that were going on and tell MI6 pertinent information in, in exchange for money. So he probably was not short for cash, I'm imagining. No. One, it's the Ritz. Two, he's head of security. Three, he's being paid to give out information.
0: Yeah, he certainly wasn't short for cash. (laughs) Um, Apparently, he had a lot of money stashed away in 15 different bank accounts.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, that's pretty sus. Wow, that's...
0: You have to um... be so rich to have 15 different bank accounts. That kind of begs the question, was he just making that money, saving that money, and he just had that money? Or was that money that he had received to to silence him, to, like, commit those things? That's
1: a lot of money. Also... To note, he was close friends with Doty, and Doty trusted him enough to, I think, really head his personal security, in addition to him working at the Brits. So that probably wouldn't amount to enough money to have in 15 different bank accounts, but would maybe amount to like seven different
0: bank accounts. <laughs> There's a theory that he could have been drinking prior to this.
1: Especially since he originally clocked in at around 7 and then was called back to work later. From what I remember, (laughs) his blood alcohol level was three times the legal driving limit in France.
0: you have to be drinking so much to get three times the legal limit?
1: Physically, you're falling over. You're not able to stand upright. You're not able to speak. You're slurring. You're possibly
0: not even able to hold your head up. To debunk that a little bit, because I personally don't really believe he had anything to do with Mm-mm. it, he did have a couple of drinks before they left the hotel, because there was a tab open for him, and he did have a couple of drinks, which wouldn't put you over <laughs> the legal limit. No. And he was also caught on camera, he was waving at the paparazzi before they left the hotel, which is kind of weird, but he was also caught on the, um, like the security camera, parking his car, and like, driving, and... Like, walking, he was fine. Like, he looked sober.
1: There's also some tape of them inside. Like, I think leaving out the back door and he bends down to tie up his shoes. And he's probably more stable than I am in, like, my regular state. Was not wavering. He wasn't hugging the walls. He was fine.
0: Yeah. And in that picture that they they took before they entered the tunnel, Mm -hmm. he looked fine.
1: Yeah. He doesn't look like he's intoxicated. Really, at all.
0: And I don't believe that they would have gotten in the car with him if they was. Especially the security guard.
1: Yeah, especially the security guard. His job is to make sure that the two most important people in that car were safe. Mm -hmm. And as well, Princess Diana was cautious. I like to believe that if she thought that Honoré Paul was too tipsy to drive, she wouldn't have gotten in that vehicle.
0: One more thing about the driver, which Mm -hmm. I think is probably the Weirdest. weirdest thing. His blood samples showed thirty percent carbon monoxide. He would have been unconscious at those levels. He would have been unconscious.
1: Yeah. At what point do you pass away from carbon monoxide poisoning? I didn't. I don't think it takes that much.
0: No. And that's the thing. A lot of people like speculate that he could have their samples could have been switched with someone who had taken their lives by gassing themselves like that the coroner couldn't explain these high high levels in his blood system and first responders say that there were no carbon mon- that the mo- carbon monoxide levels at the scene were normal and if he had that much carbon monoxide in his blood he would not have been conscious
1: this fact i think in particular caused a lot of tension between either the french officials and the english officials or the english officials and english investigators somewhere along the line this caused tension because when the official um i i'm pretty sure it was the french officials when they officially closed their report on this they neglected to address the carbon monoxide at all so how can you close a case without addressing a major fact in it how could that have happened
0: yeah that's not a small thing Mm -mm. that kind of like derails the entire investigation Mm -hmm. in my mind
1: And I am pretty sure with Honoré, his family wanted to come and see him, especially after those um, sort of levels came out. And they were not allowed to. They weren't allowed to go in and identify him. They weren't allowed to see him. They weren't allowed to ask for retesting.
0: That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's actually crazy. Yeah. Like I said, I don't really think he had anything to do with it. Me neither. I think he was kind of a scapegoat. Someone to blame it on. Let's move on to the bright light theory. A former MI6 agent came out and said that her death resembled plans that he had seen to assassinate a different political figure. So the plan detailed a bright light that would flash in a tunnel and basically blind the driver and cause a crash. So Right, okay. <laughs> To back this up a bit, um, a person in a taxi in the tunnel at the time of the crash claimed to have seen a flash of light, as well as four motorbikes following the car. Uh, The person driving in front of the car claimed that the light came from one of the motorbikes that had kind of passed the Mercedes and flashed Flashed. the light. The MI6 member was then arrested after these claims came out
1: so would this kind of have been like um they kind of came up beside the vehicle and flashed like a like a flashbang almost to totally blind the driver and like disorient him
0: i think so it's it's weird that there were four motorbikes seen following them and not only were none of them caught in the crash but none of them stopped
1: this really conflicts with the reportedly only witness immediately after the scene, which was the motorbike driver who thought there was something wrong with his motorbike when he heard some weird car sounds from behind him. So, this would either mean that he was part of this and he was just, I don't know, trying to cover it up mm-hmm. by saying, No, I, I'm innocent, I, I called the cops. I thought it was my motorbike having trouble or that this claim was just didn't happen.
0: Yeah. So that kind of like begs the question, were the motorbikes the paparazzi and was the light that they Ooh. saw just a camera flash or was it cover up? Was that like government people trying to like cause this crash?
1: If the government was trying to cause a crash, they probably would try and um, blame it on like the paparazzi, which that they would did. be the easiest way to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm also curious as to how busy... Like, I imagine that because it's midnight, the tunnel wouldn't have been that busy. Yeah, not a lot. Alright, so shall we talk about the white Fiat that was involved in the crash?
1: Yes.
0: So, there was a car that the Mercedes initially swerved to avoid and kind of bumped into. And they found out through paint samples on the Mercedes what car it was, and it was a white Fiat. So there's a few different theories as to who was driving the car and whether or not it was involved in the crash. So Dodi's father, Mohamed, claims that it was a French photographer driving and a Secret Service agent as well. And I don't really wow. know. That's
1: quite the combo.
0: Yeah, I don't know where he really got that idea from, but he believed that to be true. Um, the French photographer had proof that he was in his home.
1: Good for the French photographer. <laughs>
0: he was actually found dead in a burning bmw hundreds of miles away from his home in may 2000
1: okay ew
0: yeah they ruled it a suicide
1: no who does that as a suicide
0: yeah especially considering the fact um his head was no longer attached to his body and there was a hole in his skull
1: oh my gosh okay what is with the authorities here why are they doing such a bad job
0: <laughs> you almost said it you almost said it you didn't say it so that's really all i have on the fiat it's never been found or identified and there's no real mm. proof as to whether or not it was involved in the crash but it's strange mm. that nobody has ever come forward being like i was a driver and i saw this happen because they would have been another witness to it
1: yeah If there was, in fact, paint found on the Mercedes from a white Fiat, that would also mean that the um, quote-unquote only witness of the crash, the guy on the motorbike, was actually not telling the truth.
0: Yeah, and he didn't even really witness the crash. He just saw the aftermath.
1: But he was still in the tunnel, either in the tunnel or just out of the tunnel. Um, So he would have seen and heard a speeding Fiat unless what he heard was the Fiat speeding in the other direction, right? Because he said that he heard what it sounds like when you turn your car into neutral and rev the engine. What if it was just a Fiat revving the engine to just bolt out of there? Yeah. In the other direction.
0: Yeah, like he could have, um, the Fiat could have hit the car, caused the crash, and then quickly U-turned, because it wasn't a very busy tunnel probably at midnight. And then gotten out of there. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh
1: my goodness. I wish they did better.
0: I wish they did better because I don't believe that it was an accident. Me neither. Because of all the crazy things that have happened, or even if it was an accident, like there's been too much wrong with the investigation.
1: There's enough factors that you can't easily prove with like a simple, Oh no, that must have been this! I just can't believe that it was an accident.
0: Yeah, it's not cut and dry, it was just an accident. Even if it was, there's other things going on. Exactly. So it was ruled an accident, as we've mentioned. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, there was also another kind of investigation launched in January of 2004 that was called Operation Paget.
1: Paget, what a beautiful word.
0: Yeah, I thought they were saying pageant at first, so maybe yeah, it's Paget.
1: that's how I read.
0: <laughs> yeah, Operation Paget.
1: Because that sounds a little bit better.
0: So due to the allegations made by Doty's father, <laughs> the authorities believed another investigation was warranted, So, in the end, they came up with a published report that contained over 800 pages. Wow. It was a lot. I found it on the internet. I didn't read it because it was 800 pages of a lot of legal jargon. Yeah. So, I did kind of just, like, scroll through it. And I. then you're like, I don't know what this
1: means. I don't know what
0: this means. (laughs) (laughs) But it basically debunks all the conspiracies surrounding the crash. On April 7th, 2008, a jury ruled the death an unlawful killing due to gross negligence by the driver in the pursuing uh, paparazzi.
1: That doesn't sit right with me.
0: They said that it could have been prevented had they been wearing seatbelts.
1: Which again was weird. Why wasn't Diana wearing a seatbelt? She always wore her seatbelt.
0: Yeah, why were none of them wearing seatbelts? That doesn't make sense. No. The sons agreed with the verdict and uh, Mohammed decided to stop pursuing it due to William and Harry's well-being.
1: That really just shows that yeah. he thought about more than just himself and his revenge and his trying to uncover the truth.
0: Yeah. So shall we talk about our final thoughts? Yeah. What do you think happened to Princess Diana? I
1: do not think that it was due to the driver's negligence. I also don't think that it was solely due to the paparazzi. I think that there had to have been something pretty serious that happened um, that involved someone with a lot of power. Someone with a lot of power was involved in this event.
0: I agree. I think that someone with a lot of power, (laughs) because we don't want to call them that specifically. No, we're not getting
1: sued today.
0: (laughs) No. I will not state any of my opinions as fact. What I believe is that... Even if Diana wasn't pregnant, it could very well happen, especially if their relationship was becoming more serious. Mm -hmm. I believe that a lot of people wouldn't have been happy about that because a lot of people suck. Um, (laughs) To put it simply. Even if it was an accident, I believe there was some tampering with the crime scene.
1: I do believe that there was negligence on the part of the authorities, Um, both the French authorities and the British authorities. When she passed, it was mandatory for any of the royal family to have an inquest done, and they had her funeral before any of that was completed. And kind of like I said earlier, I don't know how no one was outraged over this, or how no one put up a fight and called someone out.
0: No matter what happened, the authorities kind of dropped the ball on this one, and there's too much wrong with the investigation (laughs) and everything that happened that night. that It's just, you can't be sure either Mm -hmm. way what happened.
1: I do also believe that the vehicle having been stolen previously and missing some components and have been involved in a crash added to or possibly led partially to what happened here.
0: I agree. That's really
1: weird. It's a very specific thing. It's almost like there's too many coincidences here that you can't ignore anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, weird things in mind. Does it not endorse (laughs) any of what we have said here tonight to be the truth? Or fact. Only theories and speculation.
1: And opinions. And we mean absolutely no harm or disrespect to anyone involved in this scenario.
0: Yeah. And what happened that night was tragic. We Mm. need to honor their memory while also searching for the truth of what happened to them. Yes
1: also condolences to anyone affected by this
0: yeah condolences to the family all the families Mm -hmm. involved
1: families friends
0: so i just want to end this podcast with a quote from diana's brother that i think really captures who she was and how the world viewed her so he said diana was a very essence of compassion of duty of style of beauty all over the world she was a symbol of selfless humanity all over the world a standard bearer for the rights of the truly downtrodden a very british girl who transcended nationality someone with a natural nobility who was classless and who proved in the last year that she needed no royal title to continue to generate her particular brand of magic
1: wow yeah he summed it up pretty well
0: Thank you for listening to Weird Things and Wine and joining us on this adventure. This It's been an adventure. This dive into what happened to Princess Diana.
1: Once again, nothing we have said here we are endorsing as fact. Thank you for joining us here today. Please don't sue us. Please don't sue us. (laughs) Well, stay weird. Stay weird. Drink wine. Stay weird. Drink wine. Cheers out.
0: Cheers. (laughs) Stick around for some bloopers and outtakes. Well, I was going to say something and I can't remember what I was going to say. So Man, this meant. wine is... It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people do wine and cheese when they should do wine and chocolate.
1: OMG. We should put that on a shirt. <laughs> I never really realized that your giant puppies are just like my tiny puppies. <laughs> That's
0: so cute. <laughs> They wouldn't let me open 15 different bank accounts.
1: One dollar, one (laughs) dollar, one dollar. How do I become a princess? How
0: do I do that? I just want to be a princess.
1: (laughs) Everyone laughed, though, probably out of respect for the prince.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he could say anything and get a laugh. I think so. It doesn't matter what he says. People have to laugh. It's like Mm weekly
1: required or something. We should do a, a, a scream warning. <laughs> we, should do, we should have like a
0: scream warning. Do, do.
1: Yeah. Like alarms. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing.
0: I did not know that could happen, but I have no Neither did fear. I.
1: I have so much fear now. Hi, new irrational fear. <laughs> How are ya?
0: A crazy thing. <laughs> I can't even like cut my finger, like paper cut, without like feeling faint. <laughs> So there's a few different theories as to who was driving this car and whether or not they were... <laughs> I'm so <up> sorry. <laughs> I'm <sorry>. having <laughs> A little bit of a tough time. Okay, I think I'm good now.
1: I believe for a fact... Not gonna say that. I'm gonna take it back because that's a really <laughs> scary sentence. Yes, Mia. I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> Shoot. What did um. we say the question was? How do we how do we move on? Where even were we? I don't even remember where we were before I we started talking on like a tangent. We have to change ourselves ourselves instead of fixing the problem. It's like putting a band-aid on like a knife wound.
0: Honestly, yeah, what a good metaphor for the state of our society. You're so right. Yeah, I don't know if he realizes, but, like, a recount is just going to count the same votes <laughs> over and over again. I don't know, dude. That's pretty sus.
1: Mm-hmm. The sus-sus.
0: <laughs> love that. Stay weird, drink wine. That's our tag. We love it. <laughs> I really like that tag. <laughs>